Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kolick still outside still the hot. Faking the three. He'll penetrate. He'll scoop layup oh. around and in. Good use. Good use of the body there. 20 points for Tyler Kolick. And now to the top of the arc. The left sideline, Cryer. 13 to shoot. Cryer towards the left corner. Cryer off the screen again. Cryer's going to launch a deep left wing three. Got it. Oh, 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 LJ Cryer's fifth well, three of the night. Here's Marshall with Clark trailing. History in flight. You bet. Caitlin Clark, 3,000 career points. Another forever moment for this transformational superstar. Excited to be in the Lincoln, Nebraska regional and uh, fired up to play at 1 o'clock tomorrow. There's only one thing I have to say today is, is I'm surprised the governor hasn't canceled everything tomorrow so everybody can watch this match uh, since the NCAA puts us at 1 o'clock, assuming that we know Nebraska will sell out and our fans better be ready to blow off the roof tomorrow night. That's all I got. Good morning. Welcome in to Hurt At Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with you. What's up? We're both back today. Good to be back. Uh, we are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Of course, you can join us on YouTube and Twitter as well. Or if you want to call the show on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, 888-638-4876. Good show for you coming up today. We've got Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at 8 o'clock. Got our guy Brian Edwards trying to make a little money mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. 845. I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to give us now that we're – I'm sure he's got some NFL for us, but we're – Maybe a little college basketball? Maybe some college basketball. I wonder if he's got any play on the Army-Navy game. Oh, that he probably does. Probably. I'm sure he's got something there. I'm going to guess maybe an under. That feels like an under play. Are you sure? <laughs> and then we've got Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7 coming up. Uh, at 9 a.m. Uh, so we don't often start with Nebraska basketball. Not often. Not not too often, at least. It is a – I think that's the right place to start this morning because for about a half, it looked like they were going to bounce back in a really impressive way uh, from the loss to Creighton. At least – the 10 minutes that you got to watch because Penn State and Maryland right. went into overtime. Um, but the very, very beginning of the second half turned into a whole other thing as Nebraska was up 17 just before half. They went up into half by 15, uh, and then the wheels totally fell off. I, I don't remember what the final run number was, but at one point it was 31-9 to nine to start the second half and Nebraska ends up losing by double digits to Minnesota. Is there What level of concern do you have right now? Because as I'm kind of watching this play out, I think panic is too strong of a word, but there were definitely some alarm bells going off as I start watching the start of that second half. Well, that's a game, first off, that Nebraska 
had to win in yes. the Big Ten. Yes. Minnesota was... If you're going to go 500 in the Big Ten, Minnesota's got to be one of them. And Minnesota was picked to finish last yeah. in, in the Big Ten preseason poll. So that was one game that you just couldn't lose. Yeah. And it happened. And so the fact that you bring up the word panic is interesting to me because it's, it's kind of leaning that way in terms of, well, if, if you have tournament hopes, mm-hmm. like you may be panicking a little bit mm-hmm. because where do you get another Big Ten win yeah, where, if it's not Minnesota? Where, do the, where does the 500 record in Big Ten play come from? Now, basketball is a game of runs, yeah. and uh, you know Nebraska could find, find a win here or there against any team. They get hot. I mean, uh, yeah. y- you can beat Michigan State. Uh, on, a, on a given night. Yeah, Michigan State's very flawed. You can beat uh, an Illinois team on a given night. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're beating Purdue on any given night. Probably not. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but Maryland, I think, is a team that you can beat on any given night because Penn State was finished or predicted to finish 13th in the Big Ten preseason yeah. poll, and they went toe-to-toe with Maryland, and, the, and they barely stole one. So there are teams in the Big Ten that you can kind of like, you know, get, you know, we'll dump the plate to the side, we'll get a new serving. But... In this game in particular, mm-hmm. blowing a 15-point halftime lead is not good. No. You can't come out and just think we're good and make zero adjustment if things aren't going right, if things aren't going well. So Nebraska had, at one point in the game, 30 minutes into the game, mm-hmm. Tominaga had, had shot the ball three times. Yep. That can't happen for one. He, you have to find ways for Tominaga to get his looks. Yes. Poor shot selection is another thing. Mm-hmm. It seemed as though Nebraska got so comfortable that it was, okay, now it's my turn to shoot. Okay, now it's my turn to shoot. Okay, now it's my turn to shoot. Instead of working the basketball like they were in the first half, finding ways to open up holes on the floor to get open looks. C.J. Wilcher's passing was bragged about in the first half, and then it went where? And it's not just – this is not just C.J. Wilcher. It's everybody. Right. Where, where is that – where did that passing go? There was just not enough in-game adjustments to get good looks, and then it – those offensive woes trickled down to defensive flaws. Yeah. Because rebounding became a huge issue, and Minnesota – is not that great of a team. Like, they have big bodies down low. Don't get me wrong. They have big, strong guys down low. Nebraska does too. The fact that you can't put your backside to a guy and box out, you were minus nine in the rebounding margin in the second half. Minus nine. This is a – what do we pride Nebraska on being? A physical team that rebounds the basketball that gets their body into the mix and says, no, you're not going to bully me. And they got pushed around. And then turnover started to happen too, and it just all, as you said, just got away from them. It snowballed on them really bad. Uh, I, th- I mean, I, w- I was looking back at the, uh, at the play-by-play on, on Huskers.com because I was trying to remember how long it took Minnesota to, to tie the game up, and it was under seven minutes. Nebraska blew a 15-point lead in under seven minutes to start the second, and immediately to start the second half. The you brought up a couple things that I think are maybe longer-term concerns for Nebraska here, and we talked about one of them 
last week, and I don't remember with who, but I actually it might have been on Monday with Tomina- uh, with uh, with Sam McEwen about Tominaga. But one of the tricky things about Casey Tominaga is he is a unique guy to try and run your offense through because he's probably and I know he's gotten better in this area, but he's probably not going to create a ton mm-hmm. for himself off the dribble. And again, he's gotten better. We saw some but of I that agree. against Creighton. But I don't think that can be the staple of your mm-hmm. offense. So you're looking he's for... He's not that great at dribbling the basketball. Yeah, and and it's there's even a difference between being a good ball handler and being a good shot creator with your handle. And he's not great at really either of them. That's not his skill set. Um, again, improved, but not to the point where you're like, hey, this can be a guy that runs a good Big Ten team this way. And so you've got that issue where clearly your best offensive player has this limitation. Okay, but we see a lot of guys that run around screens and get open for threes and things like that. But here's the other part of the equation that Nebraska's missing. They don't really have a what I would consider a true point guard to help get the ball to Tominaga when he is running off those screens, when he is getting all that off-ball movement. And then you don't, also don't have a ton of guys, in my opinion, that can take advantage of the way Tominaga stresses a defense while he's moving around. And so designing an offense around that guy can be really, really challenging, especially considering the other pieces Nebraska has. It's not an easy lift, no matter what your pieces are, but especially with Nebraska's current roster, it's, it's pretty challenging. And then you touched on the other thing with shot selection. We saw this in the Creighton game as well. When they were down at halftime, and had gotten punched in the mouth, and they had that weird free throw, like the, the five free throws shot at the end of the half for, for Creighton. They came out, and their shot selection was questionable at best. They seemed to think they could get it all back in one shot, and it seems like whatever the reason, it seemed like a little bit different reason here against Minnesota, but it seems like it's pretty easy for them to fall back into bad habits in terms of shot selection. And that, to me, those two things are longer-term issues. Because, like, yeah, you're going to have some nights where maybe you don't bring it physically the way you need to. That can be fixed in season. You have some nights where maybe you're not as focused on the rebounding portion of the game as you need to be. That can kind of be worked on in season. Because it's not like Nebraska isn't capable of rebounding. We've seen it to start the year. It's more of, hey, they weren't really locked in tonight. And against better and bigger teams in the Big Ten, you're going to have to be more locked in than you were against, like, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. So maybe they weren't totally ready for that mental shift yet, but that's fixable in season. I don't know how you redesign an offense around K-Say midseason. I don't know. If you've got guys that have questionable shot selection, that's a super hard habit to break. Well, and along those same lines – there was a point in that game where Hoiberg had the ability to draw something up during a timeout, and I'm trying to remember who took the shot. I think it was Rink Mass. Mm-hmm. They come out of the timeout, and they settle for a Rink Mass three. That's not the play call. And Should, they, shouldn't and, be. No. And, 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 and the shot came so early in the shot clock that you know that that, that that's what they drew wasn't, that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So there, there are times in terms of that shot, shot selection, excuse me, that we're talking about 
to where Nebraska just feels like it's either I have to change this mm-hmm. or nobody's going to change this. And it's a horrible mindset to have. And I think it became prevalent when frustration set in. Yeah. And when this team lost their mind, you saw frustration come through, yes, with shot selection, but also in the, in the term of uh, or in the way of foul mm-hmm. uh, in, in foul trouble. You should, Bryce Williams. The Bryce Williams one was bad. Was a, a complete and utter disappointment for how he was handling himself on the floor there. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to do too much, mm-hmm. and and instead of just putting your head down and running back on defense, it was a frustration foul, right? Which turns into free free throws, mm-hmm. free shots for the other team at the stripe, and the basketball back. Mm-hmm. Like, these are points that, yes, can be addressed, but also should never happen during games. Casey loses his mind just as much. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw that almost in the exact same situation against Creighton, right, where you have the Ashworth three at the end of the half, which I think it was Gary who ended up mm-hmm. committing the shooting foul. It's like, you, what do you jump in there for? Like, you know that's a low percentage shot in the way that's going to go up. You just stand there. Don't try and block a shot. Like, what are you doing? And then... Casey, as you said, loses his temper, throws the basketball, you end up with a technical foul. Like, you might be able to, you might look at it and say, like, oh, he re- didn't really do that much. Basically, anytime you throw the basketball in frustration, you're going to get teed up. Mm-hmm. That's how college mm-hmm. basketball is. Like it or not, that is a very— Even if you slam it just straight yeah, down and catch it. Straight down to yourself, it's a, there's a pretty good chance that you're getting teed up. If you throw it anywhere and do not catch it, you're definitely getting teed up. That's how college basketball is. Whether you like that rule or not, whether you think it's stupid or not, you are 100% getting teed up in that situation, and everybody knows it. So you had, a very, you had very similar situations where players either lost focus and then lost their cool or lost their cool and then lost focus, and it cost them this huge sh- – because I, I think Nebraska was down four or six at that point when Bryce Williams made that foul. It was still very much a game. It was. And – it was one of those things. Again, it was kind of a turning point moment. That Creighton lead went from 11 to 15 with under a second left to go in that, in that half. Mm-hmm. And then Nebraska goes from being down four or six to all of a sudden it feels like the game's gotten away from them in the course of one play. I just – there are some things with this team. And, again, I'm trying not – I think panic is probably a bit too strong of a word, but there are real red flags and area of concern here for this team. And, and listen, I think we all knew on some level, like, hey, the, the 7-0 and start, while impressive and, and really, really great for the team, was not against the world beaters mm-hmm. of college basketball, right? Duquesne was literally the best team in that stretch. Now, Duquesne has currently in, in Ken Palm at least higher rated than Minnesota so Minnesota's a winnable game for Nebraska there but after Duquesne the best team they had faced was Oregon State who's 186 that's b- the bottom half of college basketball so you look at these teams and you're like yes they they did what they were supposed to do and in years past they had dropped some of these games so that's the first place you look for improvement and they did that but I do think if you're paying attention, you're also like, there might be a little bit of fool's gold here. Like 7-0 and may not be what we want it to be. And so they lost the game to Creighton. They're like, okay, let's bounce back. Minnesota was a game. Because as up and down as Michigan State has been this year, 
Michigan State's always going to be a tough task for Nebraska. Yeah, Tom Izzo's a great coach. He's a great coach, and he's all, they're always going to be more talented than Nebraska. Like, that's nothing against the guys on Nebraska's team. Michigan State recruits at a super high level. They recruit at a similar level to the Kansas, North Carolina. Uh, Kansas and North Carolina. They don't really recruit at a Duke level because Duke recruits better than everybody. But, like, they're in that level of, hey, Final Four expectation recruiting. Well, it, that's why they get placed there to open the season. Yeah, that's why they get – and they've stumbled. I understand that. They're more vulnerable than we thought they'd be at this point. But that's still – I mean, the talent's not there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still a heavy lift. And if you had gone into that Minnesota game and gotten a win there, that would have been such a big boost because then you don't feel desperate going into Michigan State. You go into Michigan State and you're like, oh, really don't want to be on a three-game losing streak now. But you understand that it's a better team than you. And you're at home. And you're at home. And then, I mean, then you're looking at, okay, Kansas State's solid as well. You look at that, you're like, okay, we could be staring down. Like, this is where you start looking at we could be staring down the barrel of a four-game losing streak. And then all of a sudden you only have a couple more games before you are in the thick of it of Big Ten basketball. Minnesota last night was, I think, a way more crucial game for Nebraska than maybe people realize because everybody's like, oh, you got a couple games, you got a chance to bounce back and prove it. It's like this one was really the one because if you win tonight, I feel better about your chances against Michigan State. After the way they played last night, I'm like, I don't know. Man. Well, and I was starting to feel that way right off the bat. Yeah, in the Whenever first half. Whenever we joined in action, yeah. um, you know, you heard the announcer say, uh, essentially, like, hopefully you didn't miss the first 10 minutes because it's been a <laughs> highlight reel for both teams. And I'm like, great, awesome, thanks, overtime. Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> and so then I, I sit there and I watch Nebraska just go on a run to close the half. I'm like, okay. You feel pretty good about it. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Talk about, you know. You know, turning the cheek, right? From from one response side, game, yeah, big just response from one game. side to the other. Yeah. Like you got blown out by Creighton, blown out. But yeah. guess what? Creighton can do that to you, and you didn't let it phase you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Then you come out of halftime, and I see the result, and I go, "Do we have tiny brains? Like, <laughs> do do we are we susceptible to to any and all pressure?" Yeah. that you can blow a 15-point lead and stuff like this happens. Going back to that point you brought up about Michigan State, K-State, and, and further down the Big Ten, though, and why Minnesota was such a, a crucial need for a win is where do you get that win back again? Yeah. Revisiting that point? Because you – can you beat Indiana? You can. I, I mean, that's a, that's a winnable game for Nebraska. Can you beat Wisconsin? You can. I'd say probably no, though. Purdue, you're probably not beating. That's a loss. Iowa, you're probably, probably not beating. R- Rutgers is winnable. Yeah, but that's in Piscataway. Not that, great. That's and that's a, that's a tough that's a place to play. Super tough place to play. But in terms of opponent, North and then Northwestern at mm-hmm. home on Jan- January 20th. But then winnable. you have Ohio State. And, yes, Maryland was in that OT game, but they were still pre-ranked third in the Big Ten preseason poll. And then you'll recycle Wisconsin. But then you see Illinois. And there are, this Big Ten slate is not – Easy, which is why when we opened the season and and spoke with Sauter, it was, hey, this team's probably like a 19 win, like a 19, 20 win max team. And maybe even 18 and you sneak in because you have some pretty good. Or you get an extra win or two in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Correct. That would be the place where, because I, I think you could go 18 in the regular season. And if you win one or two, 
in the Big Ten tournament, and the Big Ten tournament is so huge, winning one or two is not a, like a huge lift there. But they needed – I mean, Minnesota twice is needed to be those two of those nine. I mean, I think to go nine and nine in conference, which I think they play 18. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a count off the top of my head. Uh, it, but in order to get nine or ten wins in conference, Minnesota needed to be two of them. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden – you're looking at instead of being able to split with a Northwestern, you need to sweep a Northwestern. Instead of being able to split with a Rutgers, you need to sweep a Rutgers. Instead of being able to split Michigan, you need to sweep Michigan. Or you have to steal yeah, a you, win against one of the top teams. Yeah, you need to somehow upset you know a Purdue at home or something. You know, and, and Nebraska played Purdue close yeah. at one point last year, so it's you know it's not it's, impossible. It's not impossible, but you've put yourself in a position to not do it the easy way. And that's what we were trying to avoid. We were trying to avoid Nebraska basketball putting themselves in a position to have to do it the hard way. Because it feels like that's how it always is with Nebraska basketball, right? Even when they get off to good starts or, or get off to you know, playing some pretty good basketball, it feels like we get to the end of January and we're looking at it and they go, okay, we got, what, 10 games left? All right, they probably need to go like eight and two, seven and three, and like the schedule just wouldn't feel too confident. The in schedule's that. just not set up that way. Like it just isn't, you know. And you're like, oh well, maybe if we go six and four, and then we win one or two in the tournament. It's like uh, if you can get these wins early, you give yourself such a better opportunity to end up where you want to be. And Con- conference uh, wins in the Big Ten are hard to get, especially on the road. I mean, I get you, got, with, you got to have those. And I get that with Minnesota that it was on the road. But that's one of the road games you can win. Yeah, but you won that. You had that environment locked up. Yeah. Locked up going into You're up time. 17. That, those fans were out of it. They were like, it's another year of Minnesota basketball, right? Like, they were, we're not going to be very good. And boom, you let them get a little bit of a spark. And then you start showing um, – you start showing your frustrative side of yourself, mm-hmm. and you know how easy it is to poke the bear in those moments in yep. a basketball game when the crowd noise is going. You're the home team wearing the home colors. You're putting away a turn, like you turn the ball, you 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 cause a turnover. You're going down, and you get an alley oop dunk into a timeout. You know how loud that building is. You know how hard it is for the away team to get locked in. You own them now. And that's what Minnesota did. We didn't even mention this. Dawson Garcia got hurt just gonna in this say, game. I was just going to say, we've buried the lead here. Dawson Garcia he played is six minutes, did the not attempt best to player on that team by a mile. He scored 36 against Ohio State. He played six minutes, did not attempt a field goal. And Nebraska was not able to beat Minnesota without their best player. That's the, that's the part that's going to stick with you because you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to play Big Ten teams and steal road wins without the other team's best player. That has, that's that got to haunt Fred Hoiberg this morning, that they weren't able to get that oh, win. Let me just give our uh, – let me get my recreation of him. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got more Herd at Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities.